Do you agree? Would you avoid Canadian airports these days because of all the bad news we've been seeing about lineups and lost luggage and delayed flights and canceled flights and all the horror stories? Because we've heard a lot of horror stories over the last few months, a lot of travel horror stories. But the next one, this is something else entirely. It wasn't about missed flights or lost bags or canceled flights or bad customer service. Instead, an Australian woman who was heading here to Canada was singled out by customs officials while transiting through the U.S. in Los Angeles and taken to a detention room. And at that point, a U.S. border official asked her, um, a whole bunch of stuff. It was it's it's quite the story. In fact, the only way to really do it justice is to let her tell it. And Madeline Gurley, who is back home in Australia now, joins us now to tell us more. Thanks for your time tonight. Hey Ben, no problem. So tell me about this trip and the cat sitting because I know you have a, a you know like you have a site devoted to it. this is something you do quite a bit. So tell me about planning to come to Canada. Had you been here before, and where were you going? Uh, So this would have been my first time to Canada. Um, I was planning to go to Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. Um, But as you can tell, that it didn't quite, it didn't quite happen. So how does this work in terms of, I I know you had something lined up when you got here that that helps you sort of in return for accommodation, you do some, some cat sitting. How does that all work? Correct. Um, So I've been doing this on and off for about five years. Um, there's different websites out there that people can sign up to. And I guess I've been using one in particular for most of my trips. And that particular website would have seen me go to Montreal, uh, Toronto and Ottawa. Um, Anyone can sign up to the website. You pay an annual fee. Um, House sitters pay a fee to use the service and homeowners also pay. Uh, But the house sitters don't make any money out of it, I guess, you're feeding the pets and looking after their house. And in exchange for that kind of service, you get their house to yourself. So I guess in order to do this, because I know you've done this in the US, uh, in order to do this, you, you've been through a lot, you've taken a lot of these trips or been through enough airports and customs and so on, on your way to these trips. Uh, correct. I've only ever passed through Los Angeles airport, but that's the airport I've passed through six or seven times in the past five years. Every time I come to the States, people from Australia, you have to pass through Los Angeles airport before you connect to an international flight or a domestic flight. Right. So tell me about getting ready to take this trip. Uh, you, did you just do everything you normally do? And what were your what were your expectations your ant- and anticipations as you headed off to the airport? Uh, well, I was actually really excited to come to Canada. It's somewhere I haven't been before. And I was keen to try somewhere new because I've predominantly done house and cat sits in the United States and back home in Australia. But since the world has started to open up, I wanted to go somewhere new. And I thought, you know, Canada seems like a cool country. It's close to the States. Uh, It's kind of, it's a lot quicker to get to Canada than it is to Europe. So yeah, I was very much keen to come to Canada to look after cats. (laughs) So you land in LAX as you have many, many times in the past. Um, and what happens? Uh, so this flight was a little different. Usually flying into Los Angeles, uh, the flights I would get would get in at around 5.30 or 6 in the morning. Uh, this one was, I guess, mid-afternoon, early evening. So by the time I got there, the immigration line was really long. And I was kind of hoping I'd get to the front of it quickly because even though I had a five-hour wait between my I guess, clearing customs and immigration and my flight to Philadelphia, I wasn't actually sure I was going to get through the immigration line in five hours. Um, 
it took about two hours to make it to the front of the queue. And I guess that's when things started to go pear-shaped for me. Yeah, tell me about that. I mean, I, there, if, if no one's, if people don't know the story, I've, I've read the article. Obviously, that you you spoke to the Australian Guardian about this, um, but but it must have been how different was it from what you'd experienced in the past, and and what happened? Uh, I guess anyone else who's passed through uh, LAX knows the immigration officials aren't particularly nice or friendly or pleasant to begin with. Um, so you know, I'm kind of used to them being a bit hostile. Uh, but this guy, I guess pretty much the first or second question he asked me, um, I got a fair bit of attitude from him. Um, in, in Australia, when I checked in at the Qantas desk in Brisbane, I wasn't given uh, boarding passes for my Philadelphia flight or my flight to Montreal. Um, and he said, so where are you going today? And I said, my final destination is Montreal. So I'm just, I'm just passing through. And he said, can you produce a boarding pass? And I said, I wasn't printed one in Australia, but I have like the luggage receipt, which lists the two connecting flights, or I can show you, I guess, the email booking. Um, and he wasn't really keen to look at the luggage pass I had in my hand or for me to pull up the email booking on my phone. Um, he then asked a series of other questions. He asked, uh, or he commented rather that I was in the States uh, from January to April this year. And that's correct. I was. I was house and cat sitting again. Um, I left within the 90 days that people traveling on ESTA are granted. So I didn't overstay my ESTA. Um, I returned to Australia for about two and a half months to work. My job, which is a contract job, finished on the 30th of June. And I said to them, look, I'm looking to travel overseas. So can we pick up the contract job when I get back in mid-September? Um, and so I guess that was another red flag. But again, I could prove what I was doing and that I wasn't, I didn't overstay my ESTA. I left, I went back to Australia, but um, he kind of wasn't happy with that either. So he asked me to stand aside and he said I would be taken in for further questioning. Right. Esther, for those who don't know, is just your ability to travel to the States for a certain period of time as, Austra as an Australian, right? Is that... Uh, yeah, as a tourist. Uh, yep. Yeah, as a tourist. So at this point, are you are you getting worried at all? Because you're worried about making this flight. You've already been in line for two hours. You have a five-hour layover, so it's not too, too bad. But are you starting to get concerned? And, and, and then what happens? Because I don't imagine you've ever been pulled out this way. No, I haven't. Um, you know, I've seen immigration pull other people aside and question them extensively before pulling them aside, but I'd never been questioned quite like that. Um, I stood aside and I guess I was just, I was nervous. I mean, I didn't have anything to hide. I wasn't lying, but you know, I think anyone in that situation would be a bit nervous. So when does it, so when does it get, start to get I mean, at least according to this, or when does it start to get really strange? Because they start to ask you about stuff like pregnancy at one point. Uh, so that kind of was towards, I guess, the end of the ordeal. Um, once I was taken into like another section of the airport where people are being questioned further, um, I had to wait. It's kind of like a doctor's waiting room, if you can picture that, but a bit more scary. Um, yeah. I was then called by the first immigration officer I dealt with, um, just kind of asking the same kinds of questions. This one asked to see copies or not copies, but he wanted me to log into my internet banking. And so he could see recent transactions. 
um, he kind of wasn't happy with that and then asked me to pull up bank statements. But for the bank I bank with in Australia, the last actual statement I have is from January to April 2022. Um, he then asked if I had credit cards. He asked for those transactions and statements. He looked at them for a few minutes, but um, I guess he didn't really have any questions other than wanting to see when the last deposit was from the contract agency I work with in Australia. That was really right. the only question he asked about the bank statements. So they, they were really just trying to figure out what you were doing, right? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we've all been through the border. We know how much power they have to ask what they want. Um, but but then it starts to get get a bit, it starts to change, right? I mean, you were saying at one point that it starts to move into a bit more of a, you're, you're being treated essentially, you feel like you're being treated like someone who's done something wrong. Uh, correct. So after I spoke with that first immigration officer, I was then walked to another closed off section of the whole, I guess, holding facility. Um, and the people in that kind of section are ones who are being getting a pat down or they're being questioned by another officer or they're being deported. So everyone in that kind of second section of the immigration holding area is, I guess, uh, very suspicious in the eyes of Homeland Security. <laughs> I'm speaking with Madeline Gurley about a trip that she was supposed to be. She was supposed to be here in Canada right now, as a matter of fact. We're talking about what happened at uh, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport, uh, back about a month ago. A little bit less, obviously. Sorry, back in late June. Uh, when we get back, we'll finish off the story. There's another part to this. And of course, ultimately, Madeline's, Madeline ends up back in Australia. And we'll, uh, we'll finish, let her finish the story uh, after this. We're speaking with Madeline Gurley from uh, Australia this half hour, who's talking about a recent incident uh, that uh, she experienced at Los Angeles International Airport. She was on her way to Canada, to Montreal via Philadelphia to uh, do some cat sitting and had an experience which found her actually on a plane back home to Australia. Uh, where we left the story off, Madeline, you were you, you were just, I mean, at this point, it looks like I guess you're starting to really worry about what, what's happening. Uh, but when does the whole notion of, of sort of pregnancy come up? When do these sort of questions start to get strange, in other words? Uh so after speaking with that first immigration official behind closed doors, he was told uh, to, he told me to take a seat and that they would be waiting for a female officer to come back to take me into a room to pat me down to see that I wasn't carrying anything suspicious, or I guess maybe this is just standard for anyone they deem suspicious. Um, okay. So she was called up within, I guess, five minutes of me being moved to the kind of next holding area um, and I was called into a room where they do the pat down. Uh, she had a, another female immigration officer in the room to observe, I guess, the whole thing, the whole pat down. Um, and I was wearing a loose fitting dress because the journey from Brisbane, Australia to Montreal would have been about 30 hours long. So, you know, I want to be comfortable on the flight. Um, and she kind of looks me up and down and she says, are you pregnant? And I the first thing that I thought was she's asking this because I'm wearing the loose fitting dress and I could see how I could potentially be seen as pregnant. So I said, no, I'm not pregnant. I think it might just be the dress I'm wearing. Um, and she, I guess, took that and then the whole kind of pat down process started. And then after that, she asks you again. Uh, sorry, the pat down finishes and she starts yes. walking to me, walking me towards the detention room, which is where I guess people who will eventually be deported are held. Um, and so, you know, there's probably only like 
20 or 30 meters between the pat down room and the detention room. And she asked me again, are you pregnant? And I said, no. And then she says, have you had an abortion recently? And I kind of pulled a face because that seemed like a very obscure question to ask given I'm being held on suspicion of working in the United States. So I said, no, I haven't. And then she walked me through to the detention room. You must have thought about it a lot since. What do you think was going on? (laughs) I I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Still no. Still no idea. Uh, No. Yeah. Uh, And then I guess at this point, uh, do you you realize that that you're not going to be that you're not coming in at that point? Uh, I kind of figured I wouldn't be pretty much as soon as they took me from the general processing line into the next room. Um, I like, I mean, I was hopeful that they would see the light and let me through, but um, you know, probably 20 minutes into the whole second line of questioning, I probably knew I wasn't going to be allowed to get that flight to Philadelphia. Did they did they ever explain it? I mean, I, I've been through a lot of borders, so so I, I know that they're never they're never one to share too much information about what it is they suspect or don't suspect. But did they give you any any indication of what it is they were suspicious of, I, I, or what it is they were at, why they were asking questions about pregnancy and abortion? So I'm not really sure about that line of questioning, mm-hmm. but I think they think I was working illegally, uh, be it unpaid or paid work, they just thought I have, I was working illegally in the United States and that I was going to be doing the same thing in Canada. Right. Even though you were coming to Canada ultimately, which, you know, which, which I suppose if you're transiting <laughs> through the United States, that's there, that's there. But you would have had to clear customs again coming into this country too. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So you're flying back home. Is this all running through your mind? Are you thinking, why was I asked? What, what's, what could have been going on? I mean, it's their job to ask questions, so I can't be angry about that. Um, But I guess I was angry that I wasn't given the opportunity to show a copy of my itinerary, which had which cities I would be in, the address of the place I was staying, the name of the person I was staying for, and their phone numbers. So had I been given the chance to show that kind of documentation, they could have called one of those people and asked, like, is there any truth to what she's telling us? Yeah. Yeah, no. It, again, it's just such a the, the whole line of questioning is so is so odd. It's um, yeah, I, I, and especially of course it's been such a hot topic in the United States these days as well, uh, as you well know. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you know, uh, I guess that might have struck you as well as it was being asked, or after it was asked. Uh, as it was being asked, yeah. And some mm-hmm. of the people I've spoken to that I've sat for previously. Uh, jokingly said that perhaps they thought I was coming to give birth in the United States and I had no intention of getting my flight to Montreal. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what now? You've gone back home. Um, are you going to come back? Are you going to come visit us? Well, I would, love to come, I would love to come to Canada, but I guess there's still so many questions that I need answered. Um, Homeland Security, as it turns out, were meant to issue me with documentation about kind of what happened, um, what it means for future travel. I don't know if I'm banned from returning to the United States. Like I assume I'm on some kind of watch list now because of everything that happened. But uh, I wasn't really told anything other than I was being refused entry. 
I'd be flying back to Australia via Sydney um, and that I have a big stamp in the back of my passport that just says entry was refused in accordance with some code number. Yeah, I mean, I only have a few minutes left. I know there's lots more to say this, but any lessons here for 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 anybody who's you know what 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 would you share from from this experience? I know that's hard to fit into ninety seconds, but <laughs> that's the question. Um, I guess next time I would fly straight to Canada. That option wasn't available to me until the third of July because Air Canada mm-hmm. wasn't flying direct from Brisbane. But that would be my advice. Madeline Gurley, thank you so much for sharing your story. I do hope you come back and and visit us uh, sometime soon. And yeah, it's what a what a curious tale about just everything that happened at LAX. I'd love I'd be interested to know what what it was they were looking for, what it was, where that line of questioning came from. Thank you for having me. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.